2: All right, folks. Well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. I am Dave Ahern, and as usual, I have Andrew Sather here with me. Today, we have session number 16, and today it's going to be Andrew and I. We're going to be chatting a little bit about some fun stuff. we got an interesting show for you today, and we're going to talk a little bit about IPOs and why you should not necessarily invest in them. So, Andrew, I'm going to go ahead and have you start chatting about what your thoughts are on this.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, not even IPOs. Let's talk about the most recent one. Everybody's talking about Snapchat, the Dirty Pick app. A lot of people I know use it, and it's very popular, obviously very popular among millennials. And we've mentioned in the podcast before, I think, Dave, you're the one who brought this up, how a big percentage of users on Robinhood had bought Snapchat stock. So we've kind of, you know, Rift about it and kind of, I don't know, maybe degraded it a little bit just for fun as one of our whipping boys. But I think it's a good opportunity to actually look specifically at the numbers and maybe let's diagnose why it's actually tanking like it is. As of today, the stock's down close to almost 18. It's like 1805. And it started up a around 27, 28, so a lot of investors, people who call themselves investors, who think they're investors, people who bought Snapchat Snapchat stock, have already seen a significant loss, 33%. To to make up a 33% loss, you're going to have to make, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it's, I want to say like a 50% gain or, or something like close to that range where it's, 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 a, it's a tough hill to climb and it's, it's something that when you lose that much money, the more money you lose, it's actually a much higher percentage that you have to earn in the future in order to make that up. So to be an investor, especially a beginning investor and having a loss like that, not only is that mathematically a terrible proposition, but the kind of things it can do to your confidence as an investor and it's something that can turn people off and just make them think, you know, forget this whole thing. I, I, I want nothing to do with the stock market. And if anything is crippling and troubling for someone's financial future, it's to completely try to ignore or forget about the stock market.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, the, that's I guess the scary thing about the, Something that happens with an IPO or with a, just a, a newer company going public like Snapchat, the analysts that were doing the, you know, analysis for the bank that was going to be putting up the money for the IPO, recently they admitted that they made some errors in their financial analysis of the company and which should have adjusted what they thought the company should start selling the stock for when it went public instead they left it exactly where it was and it you know hurt the investors that got into it because like you're saying a lot of the millennials you know the people that are using Robinhood that app those majority of those people are millennials and you know they're they getting burned by this and you know people walk into something like this really kind of unaware a little bit and I'm not saying that I'm, you know, a guru by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the thing to me that's most disappointing about this is that people were, I don't want to say misled, that's maybe not right, the quite the right word, but they, they walked into something really without knowing what they were walking into. And, you know, the if you read any of the, you know, reports from, other analysts besides the bank that was putting up the money because they have a financial incentive for that company to do better on the IPO because then they make more money. The yeah. other analysts were very, very skeptical about the company. Uh, Snapchat has been, you know, burning through money basically since its inception and they haven't figured out a way to make the company profitable. They haven't figured out a monetization of what they're doing to make money. And that was the big concern when the company went public that how are they going to do this how are they going to go from being private where they don't have people like us you know answer it to answer to to doing their own thing and not having to worry so much about that other than their employees and their users now they have people investing money in it and in some cases lots of money in it not a hundred bucks but hundreds of millions of dollars and You know, so when something like this goes south that quickly, it can be very, very disconcerting. And you know, the problem that the company was having before it went public were are these are all the same problems they had, you know, six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. They haven't changed. And the concerns about the profitability of the company, as well as the CEO. Now, this is not a denigration on the actual product itself. I I personally am not a snap. Chat user, and um, from but what from what I've talked to other people that use it, they love it. They think it's a great product. They you know they love it. It's you know they can't live without it. But Snap has not figured Snapchat has not figured out how to. to make money from it yet. And that's the biggest concern. And that's what's killing the stock. Even, you know, Andrew mentioned a minute ago that it's down 33% since its original IPO. It was down 20% on Wednesday. So just one day it went down 20%. And, you know, to regain that 20%. So to go from $18 to $23, you know, just on, from Wednesday, that's, that's a, that's a big hill to climb. And when it's not a profitable company, when it's losing money, then those are kinds of things that Andrew and I've talked about about many many times that's that's buyer beware when you when a company's losing money like that burning through cash like that that's you know a big big no no I mean think about that in your own personal life if you're spending more than you're taking in how long can you do that on your own personally? And that's really what this company is is looking at, is how long can they continue to find people that are going to invest in it or banks that are going to loan them money to allow them to continue to do what they're doing. You know, the focus of the company is very much on innovation and being creative and coming up with great products, which I don't think anybody would disagree that they're capable of doing that. I've done a great job of doing that so far, but they have two really big, hurdles to climb one is the profitability and the other one is the competition from facebook and instagram you know those companies which are huge monsters in and of themselves they were not just going to sit there and let SAPchat come in and go hey here we are guys we're going to do our thing you know we don't really care what facebook's going to do you know facebook was going to fight back and they have and it's it's hurting them so you know those are the things that make me concerned about a situation like this let's be honest here
0: your sex life is important it helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. But sometimes we struggle to perform. Our life gets in the way. This is where hymns can help. With our convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No more waiting rooms. No more awkward conversations. Just a simple, direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. HIMS is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. HIMS provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance is needed. If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIM subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at himscom slash investing. That's h slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. himscom slash investing. Hard mints are chewable, compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerd Wallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.
3: And it's I love the point how you say it's the company's not making money and that's really should be the number one discussion. And maybe for somebody listening who doesn't understand why we feel so strongly about that, it's not some random opinion that Dave and I have. It's not our pessimism towards the future or it's not our skepticism that Snapchat could eventually make a profit someday. We're not saying any of those things. What we're saying is that when you have a stock or a business and it's not making money, that's a failure at the number one goal of a business. And while, yes, many of these businesses can turn it around, many, 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 very many more don't. And so, like I said, it's not something that is an idea. It's literally based off the history of what we've seen in the stock market before. So if you look back at the history of the stock market, what are some things that you can use to learn from? Well, we know that the stock market has crashed. There's a storm going on behind me. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but that's awesome. The The, the <laughs> stock market has gone through storms, right? These bear markets where there's just chaos and, and craziness, and people freaking out, and cloudiness, and doubt, and despair, and low profits, all these sorts of things. In the same token, there's also been very optimistic times. The the innovations that happened in the 1920s, and, and the, the great years they had of high economy, and high profits, and really a stock market that just went straight up, we've seen that Believe in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, I'm not a history buff, but I know that there's these been these time periods that have seen this and it's just a cycle like the weather just continues as time goes on. We continue to see these cycles. And a big, big, big one was this idea that there's going to be bubbles. And when there's people who are just too excited about making money in the stock market, they're going to forget about. Basics and fundamentals and principles and just logic, really. I mean, company loses money, it's not really a good company, but people forget that. They, they want to talk about growth. In the late 90s, they had the Internet stocks, and there was a huge, huge, huge portion of them that just, maybe not even a portion, let's say even, probably a majority of these Internet stocks that didn't make money and people actually made fun of Warren Buffett because he didn't buy, he hardly bought any technology stocks at that time. We had a environment where literally this isn't like a, just something to say, like this literally is what, is, is a force that would happen where companies would put a comm at the end of their name and their stock price would double or, or just skyrocket all of a sudden they would IPO and people were in such a craze it didn't matter if the company didn't make money. It didn't matter if the company was priced like a a regular stable business that had been around for a hundred years. And that continually creates profits and dividends for, for investors. These are just companies that were trendy. People thought that, you know what, what, what used to work in the stock market doesn't work anymore. And this is a new world and this is new technology. And I mean, it was true. The internet was changing the world and, We had companies sprout out of nowhere just purely based on being able to thrive on the Internet and not be this traditional brick-and-mortar type of business. But what ended up happening for almost all of these technology stocks were once the bubble basically popped, they all crashed to the ground, and especially the ones that had negative earnings, many of them went bankrupt. Um, there's very very few companies left over that were able to survive this this phenomenon and it was because of two things number one the businesses weren't actually that good they were losing money and number two very many of them were just priced outrageously and based on what the business was actually how it was actually performing and then how the stock market was perceiving it it was just night and day And, and it was completely ridiculous that people would even think that a business would be worth that much. And so when we talk about Snapchat and I have a, my feature tweet, if you go on my Twitter at value trap blog, uh, I would say that social media is the new, I think I said uh, social media is the new tech bubble because it's true. I mean, you know, Facebook kind of started it and yes, that stock has done very well. They've been one of those kind of exceptions to the rule where they've, I mean, even today I I still wouldn't buy the stock because they're still ridiculously overvalued, but they are growing at a very accelerated rate and they've been able to monetize in a way that really no other website has been able to do. Um, If you ever use Facebook nowadays, they're very clever with the way that they advertise. They've even used this feature now where they're, they're trying to migrate people to Facebook video so in the past, there were a lot of videos being embedded into Facebook, like Vine was, was a big one. And now they're, I don't know if it's something that Facebook's like kind of enforcing or if it's just naturally happening where more videos are being actually Facebook videos instead of coming in from a third-party website. So what Facebook has been doing is instead of having an ad at the beginning of the video, they let the video run a little bit. And so as people are scrolling down their timeline, they'll see a video and they'll catch their attention and they'll watch it. And then they place an ad like halfway through that you can't skip at all. And then the video continues after that. So they've been doing that. They've been you know, placing ads where you don't necessarily notice that they're there, but they are, and it's, it's very aggressive. So they've been able to, to really increase earnings very, very quickly. And we'll see, you know, what happens in the future, but Chances are, you know, I'm not, I don't have some sort of crystal ball. I'm not Nostradamus or anything like that. But, you know, it's just the way that the stock market has gone for hundreds of years. If a stock is overvalued, if a stock's too expensive, eventually it's not going to be able to keep up with the market's demand. And like we said last week, there's, it's a greater fool theory. People are paying more and more and more for the same stock. One day that party's going to end and somebody's going to be left holding the bag. And it's always the majority of, of the investing public, and they're the ones who get burned. And so it's something that we were really passionate about, trying to limit people from falling into that trap, because it's there's good things in the market and there's bad. And I think diving into the market and losing 33% of your money is a terrible proposition, and I would not wish that on any beginner.
1: Hey you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at StockMarketPDF.com. You won't regret it.
2: No, not at all. It's just that's a that's a scary, scary place to be. To start, you know, down that much. I mean, it would, you know, if you're just starting out and you've you know, come across our you know our podcast or you've read some other information and you think this is you know a great way for you to start building some wealth, which it is. You know, if something that you buy into something like that is that your first pick and, you know, it loses that much, it would really scare you and s- sour you. I mean, I was lucky I bought Microsoft for my first company. And, you know, admittedly when I bought it, I thought it was kind of a boring, staid, kind of old school technology company, which, you know, I've come to learn I was wrong about that, but it's, you know, it's done really well for me. And I know you bought Microsoft for your first one as well, and I'm sure it's done really well for you as well. But it doesn't mean I was some genius when I bought it. I, you know, I just, you know, I had been reading some stuff. I decided I wanted to buy my first stock and, you know, went back and forth on what I should buy. I figured I should buy a company that I knew and, you know, I knew a little bit of something about. And I also thought I should buy something that wasn't a big gamble. It wasn't a big risk. And that's, I think, one of the things that Andrew and I talk a lot about. And this is why we are so passionate about, And you know, we're not trying to bash Snapchat by any stretch of the imagination, but we are, what we are trying to do is trying to help people understand that there's always a mania that can go on with an IPO and there's always a mania about the hot new thing. And, you know, we want people to be cautious when they're trying to invest your money. I mean, think about, you know, the money that you make, you work hard for that, whatever it is you do. And, you know, it's precious and when you're going to be using that to invest for your future or if you're wanting to invest to buy a house someday or send a kid to college or even maybe you to college someday, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you worked hard for that money and to you know, get excited about a company and put your hard earned savings into it and then have 33% of it evaporate, you know, over a few month period, time period, because you walked into something unknowingly. That, you know, to me is, you know, a disservice to the financial industry that our job should be to educate you before you make that purchase to make sure you understand what kind of risk you're taking when you do buy into it. And let's make no qualms about it. When you're investing, you are taking a risk. There's always a risk when you're taking, when you're buying a public company and you know, there are no absolute guarantees, uh, irregardless of how well Facebook has done recently. You know, Andrew is right about it. You know, Facebook, they're kind of an, an anomaly in the social media marketing uh, realm. You think about um, kind of the big players. We have Instagram, which are, is Instagram public? They are, they're,
3: they're owned by Facebook.
2: Oh, they are. Okay. Okay. So yes, they are public. <laughs> we have Twitter, who's done very, very poor. Huh. And, you know, their, uh, their, their IPO was very similar to Snapchat. It was huge. People were going crazy for it. And it tanked. And it's, it's done very, very mediocre since. And it's just kind of limping along. And there's, all kinds of debate on, you know, the financial sites about whether, you know, Twitter is going to survive. And the main reason, again, is it's not profitable. They're not making money. And, you know, in the long term, when we invest, we want to buy a company that's going to be making money because the only way they're going to pay us back is if they do well and they make money. And, you know, let's, you know, not kid ourselves. When we're investing in companies, it's all about capitalism and we're looking to make money. You know, yes, we want to buy companies that we think are good and that are, you know, moral and, you know, have are going to try to do the right thing for us and for the country and for the world and, you know, all those kinds of good things, but we also have to remember that we want it to make money. And if it's not making money, then why are we investing in it? You know, buying Twitter, buying Snapchat, you know, those are... You know, it's, it's a challenge. You know, Snapchat, you know, they got a big, big hill to climb now. And, you know, I was just reading something, you know, earlier today about them. The CEO in his first conference call, you know, every quarter they do earnings report calls and the CEO and then other members of his team will come on and be interviewed. They'll, they'll give statements and then they'll do interviews with other analysts that are assigned by the banks to follow these companies and the uh, CEO said in his company uh, in his conference call today, that or yesterday, I'm sorry, that he he likened Facebook to Yahoo, and he said that he would compare himself to Google. So he's saying that his company is going to be hugely successful and they're more like Google, who has done great things and has you know it's become a verb, <laughs> googling, whereas Yahoo is dying a horrible, horrible death. And, you know, at one time they were the king and now it's, it's, you know, like AOL, it's died a horrible death. And, you know, he's liking Facebook to AOL or in Yahoo. And, you know, I think that's kind of arrogant for him to say that. And, you know, that again is kind of a concern when the CEO is making comments like that. It shows that maybe he doesn't really, he's out of touch. He's not really getting really what's going on with this company and their perception and, and you know, all those kinds of things. You know, Andrew was talking about growth of some of these Internet companies and some of people like Facebook and whatnot. That's another issue that Snapchat had was the two big issues they had, besides some of the other things we were talking about, was their revenue was down, which is a big thing. With some That means their sales was down. Number two, their user uh, interactions, so their user counts were down. So that means less people are using their product. The, that's the the DAU, that's a big
3: rig- the DAU, the daily average yep.
2: user, right? Yep, 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 exactly. So, and that's one of the big things. Like for example, Netflix. That's when people look at Netflix. You know, that's one of the big metrics that they look at. With metrics is how how many people are using Netflix because that's a huge, you know, indicator of The popularity or lack of popularity of their product. And when you look at Snapchat, it's all about who's using it and how much is, how many people are using it. And if that number is down, that's, that's a big red flag. And that was another issue that Twitter was having was that their, you know, interactions with people were, were down and Facebook is the exact opposite. You know, how many, how many of us can't get away from Facebook? I'm not a big Facebook person myself personally, but you know, my wife loves it. She's just, she's on it constantly and you know, how many people like there are they? So that's you know that's kind of where we're coming from with all this is you know when you buy a stock you need to be prepared and understand what it is you're investing. Now if you're buying your first company and you're only going to spend fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, yes, you worked hard for that money, but it's not a huge loss. But let's say you walked into this and this is the first thing you're going to buy and you drop ten thousand dollars on it you know, without doing any you know any homework to understand what it is you're buying that'd be a shame i mean that's just that's such a huge loss and i just you know that that breaks my heart when i when i hear about that kind of stuff you know 100 bucks 50 bucks yes it's disappointing but you can recover from that that's you know that's a that's a a weekend dinner with you know with your wife That's that you are going to recover from for $10,000 to lose $33,000 in a a couple months or $3,300, excuse me. Can't do math. (laughs) That's, that's a, that's a big loss. So that's, that's where Andrew and I are coming from with all this. All right, folks, well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed our little session chatting about Snapchat. We really mean what we're talking about. We're here to help you guys. This is what our Podcast is all about is investing for beginners. We want to help you learn to invest safely with a margin of safety. Safety being the big thing, and helping you make money the safe way, as safe as you can in the internet, you know in the investing world. We also would love to hear more from you. Uh, we've had a few reviews on iTunes. We'd like to hear some more. We want to hear what we're, what you guys are thinking, how we're doing. If you're enjoying what we're talking about, we also would love to have more guests on. We had a great run there. We had a few guests on, and we'd love to have more people to chat with. If you have any questions, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. Again, we're here to help. That's what we're all about. So this is Investing for Beginnings podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us this week, and we'll see you guys next week. Have a great one. Ciao.
1: We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way, with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. New residents share why they love calling it home at slash live.
2: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.
0: Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us.
3: Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.